but I, I started to realize, you know what, the more I stay active, the more I run, the less I have to take uh, pain medicine. And um, that was that was a huge motivator. Dizwins Radio, episode 675, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, have actually have two things for you. One sponsor today is me, my coaching services. If you want to be part of the Diz Runners, which is uh, kind of our, our little hashtag, our little uh, name that we have for ourselves, which I'm definitely not clever enough to have come up with that. Uh, I can't remember who gets that credit. Maybe Julie. That I mean, that's kind of that's kind of her wheelhouse, marketing and branding. But could have been Melody. Could have been Jennifer. I can't I can't remember. But uh, somebody came up with the Diz Runners hashtag, and that's kind of what we call ourselves now uh, at, at all levels. Whether you're at the coterie level, the the one to one coaching level, even the even the training plan, the one off training plan level. Uh, if you're if you're working with me, uh, you get. You, you have been dubbed a Diz Runner. So if you'd like to join the ranks, uh, you know whether whether you're struggling with uh, with getting on track, staying consistent, need some help, um, or just want to get that off of your plate, let somebody else handle the, the the details of putting together the the workouts and the schedules and things like that. You just want to show up and do the run as scheduled. Uh, check out dizruns.com slash coaching, which is the page on the website with all of the... Um, kind of general information on what I think about coaching, why, why I do it. And then towards the bottom of that page are links to each of the individual levels. So you can compare uh, price points. All the pricing information is on there. I'm not one of those uh, shady characters. that's like, Hey, contact me to get the pricing information so that I can try to, you know, sell you or guilt you or make you feel uh, like, like you can't say no. Um, no, no, no. I, I hate when people do that to me. So I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but all the information, pricing, terms, details, what you get, all of that stuff is available on the website. Uh, like I said, go to disruns.com slash coaching, and then you can branch off to the different levels and compare and contrast. And if you do have questions, feel free to reach out. Feel free to ask me. Like I said, I'm not going to, not going to be the high pressure guy. Uh, I'm just going to tell you what, you know, what makes each level unique and answer your questions and allow you to make that choice for yourself. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Diz Runners uh, kind of moniker that we have, that is uh, kind of a hashtag that a lot of the folks use when they're, when they're posting stuff on Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to, you know, hear from somebody, um, you know, straight from somebody who I work with, uh, feel free to, to reach out to any of them. I, I, I know um, that they would all be willing to give you their unbiased opinions. Although I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll come across as biased. Hopefully it'll come across as biased because it'll be positive, but, uh, feel free to reach out to them. And, and you know, I'm not putting anybody uniquely up to this. I'm just saying if, if they're using the Diz Runners hashtag and you have questions and you want their experience, reach out. And, uh, I'm sure that they will be more than happy to tell you what they like and, and, and quite possibly what they don't like about working with me. So, uh, that's, that's the detail on that. Uh, one last thing before we uh, officially get this party started, the, uh, the audio connection today is a little bit, uh, shaky. So, 
uh, please bear with me. We, we, we had a really good conversation. Um, I, I did my best to kind of clean it up and, and make it as, uh, as you know, make it to the point where you're not going to notice it, but you're probably going to notice it, especially towards the end of the conversation. Things kind of fell off a little bit. Um, you're still going to get the gist. It's not like you're not going to understand what's going on, but, uh, it definitely gets a little bit, uh, a little bit less than ideal towards the end of the episode. So just wanted to give you that heads up. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully this happens every once in a while, try not to, to make it a regular occurrence, but, uh, you know, sometimes internets, that's, that's what happens when we're recording these, these conversations from around the country or around the world. Sometimes, you know, Skype, sometimes internet speed, sometimes different things cause a few issues. And we just, I always try to make it as, as seamless as possible. But, uh, sometimes when I, when I know that my editing skills aren't going to be enough to, uh, make it, make it to the point where you're not going to recognize that something's a little bit off. I uh, just want to give you that heads up. So now with all that out of the way, go ahead and, uh, enjoy today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone who uh, definitely isn't afraid of setting a big goal and then putting in the work that's necessary to be successful. He's an avid runner and triathlete and uh, has completed several races, a number of races across a whole host of distances, uh, you know, on, on the running side and on the triathlon side up to and including obviously, you know, full marathons and a full Ironman uh, distance triathlon uh, with with a goal of doing another one and the the uh, at some point in 2019 I believe is the fall of 2019 is what we're look, what we're working towards uh, for the next Ironman triathlon so obviously willing to do the work on the uh, the fitness side of things but he's also willing to do the work on in other areas of his life as well and and one of those areas is uh, a little uh, something that he's been working on over the last couple of years. He's the, the founder and uh, director and, and uh, the man, the myth, and the legend behind Forever Home Running, which is a, a company that hosts virtual races, uh, you know, obviously from anywhere. You can, you can be anywhere to run a virtual race. And uh, the mission and, and the, the reason behind doing this is to support uh, nonprofit animal rescue organizations, which is where the uh, Forever Home, the F-U-R, Forever Home, uh, kind of comes into that place. So uh, we've got obviously lots of things to talk about today. And uh, so with that, it's time to officially welcome Mr. Scott Frazard to the show today. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Scott. Really uh, appreciate it and certainly looking forward to it. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for uh, having me on today. Yeah, certainly looking looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to find out more about what Scott's going on and uh, Scott's got going on, and especially on the, the Forever Home uh, side of things, the Forever Home Running, uh, check out on Facebook and Instagram at Forever Home Running. And I didn't write down the website, but but Scott, is it just foreverhomerunning.com? Is that uh, the official website here? That's correct. Yes. Okay. I'll make sure to we'll make sure to add that in the show notes as well, along with the uh, the, the 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 social media stuff. Like I said, Facebook and Instagram at Forever Home Running, foreverhomerunning dot com, and uh, disruns dot com slash six seven five is the link that'll take you to the show notes for today's episode. Which again, we'll have everything linked up there. Uh, links to, to Forever Home Running photos, synopsis, the the whole nine yards, just like we always do. Disruns dot com slash six seven five for today's episode. So, Scott, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show uh, is with the same. Simple question that uh, for some folks is pretty easy to answer. For some folks, it's pretty difficult. And uh, I feel like the, the longer distances we run and, and the, you know, the more events we have, the, the harder question it is. So for you, it might be, I don't know, it might be a little bit difficult uh, because of the running, because of the triathlon and, and all of the different distances that are involved with both of those uh, you know, disciplines of the, of the sport or disciplines of the endurance world. But uh, just simply want to ask to get this thing started, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I, you know, when you asked me that, I, I thought about it for quite a bit, and I landed on uh, the half marathon distance. You know, um, I, I, I tried to separate out, you know, should I think about it from the multi-event uh, sort of world or just a, a sing, singular event? And, 
even combined, I like the half marathon the best. And the reason why is it's enough of a challenge that um, I have to do some training for and uh, want to do well in the race. But it's also one of those that after the event, I'm not totally dead. Mm -hmm. My legs aren't shot. I'm still able to enjoy the rest of my day. And depending on uh, how well conditioned I am, my legs may be a little sore or they may hurt a little bit, but it's not going to stop me from doing something the rest of that day and certainly will be uh, recovered in a day or so at the most. That way I can still live. I can still enjoy things. Yeah, that's that's uh, makes a whole lot of sense and something that isn't the first time that that type of, of rationale for enjoying the half marathon has come up. It's it's a little bit easier to train for. Uh, you're able to, to go on with you with your day and your life, uh, you know, after after finishing a race, even if you race it pretty hard, which is which is something that obviously a lot of people like to do. Um, if if you had to, if I if I if I uh, were to ask the question again, but but force your hand to go into the uh, multi sport side of things, the, the, the triathlon distances, what would be your, your favorite distance on that front? Um, I, I think uh, it would be the Olympic distance. I, that, that's one that, um, when I started doing triathlons, I hated the swim as most people do, <laughs> right. but I've actually gotten to where I enjoy the swim. <laughs> and I think with the Olympic distance, there is enough of a swim that I can really have fun with it uh, before it's all over, um, and the rest of the the rest of the race is still long enough to be challenging, um, but I'm not completely dead at the end of it again. Um, though I will admit that even after an Olympic, um, I'm kind of done for the rest of the day, uh, so I can get back to life the following day and not be too hurt. Well, I, I think that um, I think that any of us that are "Quote unquote," just runners, you know, that, that don't uh, dabble in, in too much of the multi-sport stuff, uh, would would forgive you for for being done at the end of any multi uh, multi-sport distance, whether it's a sprint, Olympic, you know, whatever it might be. That that whole idea of of swimming first and then, you know, riding the bike and then going for a run. That's uh, you know. Uh, two steps farther than I like to go. Just, just give me the run. Just give me the, give me the road. Give me the trail, and I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, you start adding, adding too much other, too much else to the plate, and boy, it, it, uh, it can add up quickly. And, and I know for, for me, um, you know, like you said, that the swim was, was the hardest part before you getting started. That's, that's definitely been the thing that's held me back from, from dabbling into, uh, you know, at least playing around with a sprint triathlon here. There's that idea that swimming, like, like I can, I can swim it. As I've, I've said to other triathletes uh, that I've had on the show before, like, you know, but there's a difference between. I can swim and swimming, you know, swimming for, for a race, swimming for an event. Um, that's just, that's just too much for me. So kudos to you for, for not only, you know, getting through, you know, getting to the point where you could handle the swimming, but like you said, now actually enjoying it and having that be one of, uh, one, you know, something that, that, uh, you, you can, you know, almost, uh, I mean, knowing from, from, we, we work together. So, you know, full disclosure for anybody that's, that's listening, like you're, you're one of my, uh, athletes that, that I work with, you know, the swim is almost one of your stronger events now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? It, it is, um, though, you know, most of my training is in a pool, but the good thing is I live in central Texas. So, uh, most of the year I can still get out and do open water swimming, mm-hmm. which, um, I, at first I absolutely hated open water swims, but, uh, I actually prefer those over a, a pool now. Um, though I, you know, most of the year I, I do swim, uh, indoors. Mm-hmm. 
what, what is it that you prefer about the the open water swim versus the the uh, the, the closed pool environment? Because again, from from my non good swimming self, um, if I was going to go swim, it would definitely be in a pool. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe to me, it's 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 uh, it would be the equivalent of of you know swimming in the pool would be kind of like being on the treadmill versus you know swimming open water would be out on the roads, which I obviously prefer the the roads and the trails versus the treadmill. But what is it about the open water that uh, you you actually enjoy more now than than uh, being confined to uh to being in the pool you know i think i think you have a really good analogy with the treadmill um in the pool can get quite boring especially when you're training for a full ironman and you're you're swimming uh, more than two miles Mm -hmm. Uh, um after a while it just becomes mind-numbingly boring and uh, the open water there's always that goal and you also get to I should say that goal is getting to whatever point you're trying to reach. Mm. Um, and, and there's no having to stop and turn and, and that sort of thing. They, uh, the other thing is with the open water swimming, you actually have to, it's one of the other um, key skills, which is sighting and making sure that you stay in on course. And e- even in the lake, you're having to deal with currents and having to make adjustments along the way. Things that you just don't get to practice in the pool. Yeah, which uh, it just it just adds more more. Uh, I don't know. If I want to say fuel it adds less fuel, subtracts fuel from my my fire of of wanting to potentially uh, <laughs> em, embrace the the triathlon side of things, learning how to how to do proper swimming and things like that. So thank you, Scott, for steering me away from that because not that I, I don't really don't want to go into the triathlon world right now. Um, so so hearing that, so this is one more one more reason for me to to stick with uh, the the just running. Maybe yeah, you know, maybe do a duathlon at some point. But for right now, we're going to stick to running. But anyway. Um, I'll I'll bring you to the dark side, Danny. <laughs> yes, yes. You you keep working on it. The, the force is still strong with me at this point, but uh, you know I've, I've I've definitely learned to never say never because uh, the eating eating those words somewhere down the line is is uh, not I don't know it's it's fun, but uh, I, I I just know that if I say I'll never do a triathlon and then it's going to be the next thing on my list, so I'm going to just say right now it's not uh, not high on the list, but. Uh, for you, kind of going back to um, you know, kind of the, the the earlier days of of your endurance career, did, did running come first before triathlon, or, or how'd you get started into the whole endurance scene of of athletics to begin with? Uh, uh, short answer is yes, it did come before the triathlons. Um, I think, like like most people, I, I kind of fell in it by accident. It, it was certainly later in life. Um, I, I was uh, I pushing the the 40 year old uh, range and um, had an issue with my left knee the IT band um, would uh, give me some trouble and it got to the point where I would I could be walking down the hallway and just hit the deck because my knee gave out my wife had enough of that and she said you're gonna go to the doctor do physical therapy whatever it takes and after a month of physical, actually a month and a half of physical therapy, um, I felt better. I wasn't falling, um, and I decided I don't want to ever go back to that place uh, and and be that miserable. Something to help keep things uh, conditioned, and that naturally gravitated towards uh, jogging and then running, and I did my first 5K. Um, I'm trying to remember when that was. 2011 2012 i think and um then uh, you know things i uh, 
escalate it and get kind of out of control from there. Um, <laughs> 2012 was my first half marathon, and um, I, I I just really enjoyed it. So I kind of continued on. Yeah, I, I feel like like that's a lot of us can can relate to that. Where um, once once we really start to get it. Once we really settle in and, and have found, you know, whatever races or you kind of feel comfortable running, um, that's, that's when it starts to go, uh, you know, the, the, the snowball starts to roll and then pretty soon there's an avalanche of all of the races, all of the things doing, doing, you know, running or, or swimming or biking, whatever it is all the time. Um, did, did you have, you know, in, in that first year, year and a half, whatever it was where you were kind of getting into getting into the sport, was it was it uh, you know kind of a case of of almost love at first sight or was it uh, something that you you weren't so keen on at first but but finally got uh, got over the hump and started to enjoy it or you know how was that that kind of initial uh, entry into running for you? It was, uh, it was a slow, gradual uh, uh, kind of progression. Um, I, I, I'll also add to the story that I also have arthritis in both knees. Was taking um, ibuprofen every single day, multiple day uh, times a day, and every now and again, maybe once a month or so, uh, narcotic pain relief because the pain was so horrible. And running, you know, again, it was a gradual increase, but I, I started to realize, you know what? The more I stay active, the more I run, the less I have to take uh, pain medicine. And, um, that was, that was a huge motivator to, to not be in pain. And once I got into to running, um, I think since then, what, six, almost seven years now, since then for my pain medicine, you know, ibuprofen, maybe two or three times. So it has stopped that issue. That's, uh, yeah, probably not anything that that most of the the folks listening would be too too surprised about. Uh, as far as you know, I, I feel like we've all in the running community heard you know the the the, the stories or the uh, the the, um, the the tales of of woe of you know oh I would I would run but it, you know my knees are, are too bad or I've I've got I've, I mean I've heard the arthritis I've got arthritis so I can't right. run and I always try to to kind of just be like like try not to just be super confrontational but it's like gosh like you know y- you might just find if you were actually you know if you actually tried. It might be a little bit difficult the first couple of times, but your body starts to adapt. So I'm, I'm uh, glad that, that you shared that because um, not not that probably too many of us listening need that uh, you know, that little bit of, of confidence that like, hey, we're not going to kill our knees by by running. But it's just one more uh, example that we can point to of somebody who you know didn't let something that uh, easily could have stopped you from getting started. You know, you could have you could have used that as a an excuse to not come into the sport and now now look at you like you said you know kind of swallowed the uh swallowed the pill going down the rabbit hole and you know all of the races and, and all the distances and whatnot um we, we, you know so to go back to that to that uh that early stage there we getting started into running was was it a concern what was the arthritis in your knees and, and the pain that you were in i mean was that something that um how did you get over that and, and how did you not just just you know quote unquote just go to cycling or just to swimming something that would be non impact would be you know theoretically easier on your knees, but you go into running, which you know again everybody all these people all these non runners say oh it's going to ruin your knees um, how How did you avoid or avoid falling down that that path or that that worry to get over the hump to now to where like you said now running makes your knees feel much better and you hardly ever have to take any medication to to help with the pain at all? Right. Um, I think it's. I think it was a, a combination of things. 
Uh, first, I, I'm kind of stubborn, and I, I don't really cave to peer pressure very often. So I just kind of block those kind of negative attitudes uh, and say, you know what? Let me give it a shot. Um, and then the other part was I started with running versus cycling or biking or cycling or swimming, rather, uh, because uh, of where I lived. At the time, I lived in New Mexico, and um, there wasn't really uh, many options for swimming. Mm. And, you know, bicycling, that's an expensive sport even just to start off. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, with, with, you know, so you get started with running and, and body starts to feel better. The knees are, the knees are feeling better. Um, what was the, uh, the, 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 the nudge that, that pushed you into at least splitting time with, with doing some triathlons? Where, where did that, uh, seed get planted along the way? So my wife and I were living in Salt Lake city at the time, and we saw an indoor triathlon. It was a super sprint distance. Uh, so, um, all of it indoors, which is a good thing because it was uh, January, if I remember. <laughs> and you know, not, not the best time the to be out open water cold. swimming and stuff in Salt Lake City in January. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, you know what? It, it's a, a really short distance. Um, I'm enjoying the running thing, but let me see what this triathlon thing is all about. And uh, so I did it. And she would she gives me a hard time about this because I saw it. Uh, two weeks before the event and so I went into that event with zero preparation and I didn't even have a set of goggles so mm-hmm. I swam swam the the three yards or whatever without goggles in the pool and um, so I was like totally unprepared I was definitely the noob and uh, afterwards I was like okay I did it I, I'm, I'm good now um, and to your point before, uh, I'd said the never word, and you know that came back to bite me. <laughs> yes, lesson learned: never say never. So you, you, you're, you're the noob, you, 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 but you go for it, you do it. Um, you know, again, kind of re-asking the, the same question that I asked just a, a minute ago: was it was it love at first uh, first first event? Was it something that all right? That was that was kind of cool, but uh, I'm going to stick to running. Like like, did, was it a slow burn or quick burn? How did, how did you uh, you know? I mean, obviously, moving up to uh, eventually doing a, a full Ironman um, means that you must have at least enjoyed it enough to to keep going at, at some point. Um, it like the running, it was a slow burn. Uh, I remember the second one that I did was also in Salt Lake City or. Or nearby um and it was i uh, they had an indoor swim but everything else was outdoors and in that race it ended up sleeting while i was on the bike and that was extremely painful and my feet and hands and feet were frozen for the run it was a miserable experience and i used the never word again <laughs> and then I, I did i did there and then when we moved to austin um I was like, you know what, maybe it's not quite so bad. So let me try it again. And, you know, so what a year or so later, I, I'm starting to get into it a little bit more. And um, then finally, uh, um, and this was in uh, 2015 in November here in Austin. I did the um, Austin uh, 70.3 Ironman, so half Ironman distance. And my goal was just to finish and finish within the cutoff time limit. I did that. I, okay, never again. And then I ended up doing more. And then I finally, I, my wife convinced me to do a full Ironman. And 
Um, so yeah, it, it was. I, I guess it's one of those things that uh, a slow progression, and and I was in denial for a long time, and then I finally embraced it about a, a year or so ago. Right, right. Um, you know, g- kind of going back to uh, the original, the original question, and, and with your answer being that you enjoy that the half marathon probably the the best because it doesn't leave you uh, feeling as as trashed or as just completely worn out and, and beat up. Um, to to you know, I, I get that. I, I totally uh, agree with that sentiment. Um, and and you know, I mean, I feel pretty worn down after after running a good marathon. So so I get it. But you know, then to, to fast forward to today, I mean, you, you know, doing doing some triathlons, doing doing that the half Ironman, graduating to the to the full Ironman, now setting your sights on doing another one. Um, what is it about doing these these big? endurance races, a 70.3, 140.6, you know, doing marathons, whatever the case might be that, that keeps you going back, you know, kind of knowing, you know, that, that you're going to do this, you're going to be a bit trashed after afterwards, you know, what, uh, what is the allure at this point to continue to do these type of events? Um, I, first, I think it's because I don't consider myself an, a, a really an, an athlete. Certainly not. And I, you know, I am a bit overweight um, but uh, I, I consider myself a finisher, and so it, it's that challenge. Um, and it's kind of badass to say I did an Ironman, <laughs> and <laughs> to be able to have conversations all about that experience. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely um, is 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 badass. It's definitely you know, I, 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 not that not that I ever you know like to play the comparison game, but it's like. Like you know, you, you start to feel like, all right, you know, maybe I, I'm I'm a decent uh, decent runner, and then yeah, you talk to somebody who's done a, a triathlon, and you're like, yep, all right, out of out of my league. So, uh, kudos to that to, to keep going. But like like the one thing that, that you said in there that I really uh, enjoyed the most, and, and would love to maybe dive it dive just a little bit deeper on, is the idea of being a being a finisher, of you know setting your mind to something and and doing it, putting in the work. Maybe maybe a little bit of put in a little bit of suffering if that's what's what's required to to get the job done. Is that something that's, that's always been in your life, or is that something that's kind of grown with you as as you've gotten into the endurance sports as well? I think it's always been there. Um, like I said uh, earlier, I'm I'm a pretty stubborn person, and when I make my mind up to do something, um, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer than other times, but I usually go after it. You know, um, academically, I was held back in high school because I couldn't pass math. And fast forward to, uh, you know, um, 2011, I earned a PhD. And then a few years after that, I did a second master's degree in statistics. So it's one of those things that put a challenge in front of me and, and I'm going to I'm going to shoot for the stars because uh, I'd rather aim high and miss than aim low and hit it. Right, right. And that's um, I feel like that's one of those things that's easy to to say yet in, in the moment, you know, at least speaking for myself, um, you know, I, I can say that I'd rather, you know, aim, you know, aim high. And if I don't quite get it, it's no big deal. Um, but darn, like in the moment, it's still kind of, kind of sucks. So, you know, if, when, when you're not coming uh, or when you're not getting to the, to the goal. So being able to, to really have that attitude and, and then just, you know, like you said, the stubbornness, the, the uh, ability to just keep going and it might take you a little bit longer, uh, might not be as smooth sailing as you'd hoped, but keep doing the work, keep putting in, in the time and the effort and, and you get there. Um, and I, I suppose, you know, if, if you want to draw metaphors, I mean, that's, that's the definition of marathons. That's the definition of Ironmans. That's the definition of endurance races is just putting in the work, not giving up, keep going. And, uh, eventually, you know, you, you get there, you keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and, uh, it's all said and done, you know, you finish and, and you're successful. And, and 
you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, one may ask, well, where's that real end point? You know, I, I finished a, a full Iron Man. You know, what do you have after that? And one of the things that I experienced after that, I, I guess I kind of fell into that trap of what's next. Mm. Because after the full Iron Man, I just fell off the bandwagon completely. And um, I the rest of that year, I had a couple events after that, including another half Iron Man. Um, but I, I just kind of fell off the exercise bandwagon. And I, so, you know, this is now, let's see, that was April of 2017 when I did that race. So almost two years later, I, I'm still fighting back to being that person that I, you know, when I did identify as a, tr a true triathlete and somebody who is healthy and fit and to get back to that. And so that's kind of my current motivation. That's it's interesting that you bring that up, and I, I appreciate you for for being open and, and vulnerable about that because I, I feel like um, again that's something that, that I've I've struggled with, especially early in my running career. Of like, all right, I'm going to train up for this race, and then once the race is done, it's like, all right, well, I don't have another race for whatever six months or eight months, or maybe there's nothing on the calendar right now. So it's like you just kind of you know, I'm I'm just going to recover, and recovery turns into three months of not doing anything, and then and then you're starting from square one. Um, has this this process of building back up and getting the fitness back and and uh, you know, kind of starting to work towards you know full Ironman number two. Uh, has, has that been been frustrating? That uh, you know, obviously you can't go back and change the past, but you know, is it has it been difficult to to I don't know if embrace is the right way of saying it, but to 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 navigate this of like, gosh, I used to be you know this used to not be as difficult maybe, but but now I have to feel like I'm almost starting from square one. Has that been been a challenge for you? Absolutely, and I'll separate it into two different uh, camps. Physically, it's been quite the struggle. Um, I, and it's interesting because I, I suffer from a number of allergy issues, and actually exercise helps keep that at bay at, at, in a lot of respects. Then the, um, the other camp is the mental. Um, and this is where I'm kind of my own worst enemy, I, to be quite honest, Denny, in that I know mentally – what it takes to finish an Ironman. I've been there. I've suffered through it. I know what what it means to keep your mind in the game and what it takes. And because of that confidence in the, the mental game, I kind of I am my own worst enemy when it comes to the physical game. And I kind of convince myself, all right, you know you can run that distance. You know you can swim that distance. And you know you can bike that distance. So if we miss one day, it's not the end of the world. And then to your point, that one day becomes many days. And and now you're uh, – come race day, you're in a world of hurt. So I, I that's another part that I've got to overcome. Yes, and, and I feel like – I mean, I've talked about the mental side of things many times on the show and how that's, that's an area where I struggle and I feel like I'm, I'm getting better. Um, but, but again, to, to your point, what you just said, it, it's, it's an interesting, uh, situation that I hadn't necessarily thought of before. Um, but I can see how it would be a problem where if, if you are confident in your mental ability, you know, this, this ability to, to grind, this ability to be stubborn and not give up and, and finish, you know, you start the race, you're going to finish the race. Um, I can see how that could almost be, you know, greatest, greatest strength can be your greatest weakness for exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, 
ah, whatever. I don't, I don't need to do as much. I don't need to be as serious as diligent, whatever, because I know mentally I'm not going to quit on myself on race day, but, but then that leads to obviously, like you said, the world will hurt. So, um, that's an interesting, um, you know, I mean, going back to the proverb, the greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. Something I hadn't, hadn't ever thought about before because the mental side is, is probably my greatest weakness. Um, I haven't focused on it that way, but yeah, I can see how that would really get you into, into trouble. Um, and, and, uh, make it, that much easier to kind of let things slip. And, and pretty soon you're like, gosh, like I have to do all this work again to get back to where I was and which, which can be frustrating. But then again, you've got the, the mental strength to keep going. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for the shorter distance races, and this is certainly not to diminish the, the challenge, even in a 5k, um, you know, 5ks are still challenging mm-hmm. for me for maybe for different reasons than other people. But, um, you know, it is it's a different game when you're talking a 5K versus a marathon, and what that mental um, mental game means, and how it can be a a, um, a detriment to you if you let it, especially when it comes to on course nutrition and pacing yourself and such. Yeah, certainly. And um, I, I would just be curious if you could if you could flesh into that a little bit more, maybe from the the. Um strictly from kind of the mental side and, and how to, how to, whether it's how to pace yourself or how to, to prepare yourself mentally for, for the, the shorter distances versus the longer distance, whether it is 5k versus marathon or, you know, sprint or Olympic triathlon versus Ironman. Um, how, how do you, um, prepare mentally for those, the different challenges? Because like you said, and, and you're absolutely right, you know, the challenge of a 5k as I've said before, I would rather take on the challenge of a marathon than the challenge of the 5k and the, the pain and hurt of, of even just running for whatever it is, 19 to 21 minutes, something like that for the 5k for me, uh, is a hard and miserable time versus, you know, I'll run for three and a half, four hours on the marathon and like, whatever, it's not that bad, which is ridiculous in and of itself. But that's, that's my mental state for, for those two different distances. What's it, what's it like for you to, to prepare or to get yourself focused mentally for, whichever, you know, race distance is next on the calendar and what your goals are going into that race. Yeah. So, uh, so the 5k versus marathon uh, comparison for 5k, you know, I'll, I'll go into that race, um, treating it as though this is a training run. And, um, though it, it in doing so you're bringing in that live race element. So kind of like the open water swim where you're, you're having to, um, also include siding and dealing with currents. Um, I, I think dealing with the race day stress, you know, the other people that are there, the, um, you know, e- even something as simple as finding where you're going, finding a place to park, getting to the start line, all that sort of stuff. I, I, as though this is a training run. And then, you know, when I'm on the, on the run, I, I'm focusing more uh, around um, my pace and making sure that uh, I'm running it as though I'm running a marathon so that I don't come out of the chute too fast and, you know, burn myself out before the end of the race. You pay attention to um, to my breathing, my foot strike, all, all of these other things that I can dial in in preparation for that longer run. Whereas with um, uh, the marathon, that longer distance, even a half marathon, I come into that um, more times than not thinking I, my thinking game is around this, this is a race. And so my goal um, isn't to dial things in, but to really execute on what 
that I've been dialing in. And while I'm still thinking about my pace and my breathing and foot strike and other things like that, I, I'm also um, thinking about making sure that I'm strong enough for that finish, that I'm not just walking across the finish line, which I've done that plenty of times. So it's, it's really what I did at that 5K race and and putting it into play um, uh, in the marathon. Gotcha, gotcha. That's uh, you know, it, it's it's great advice and something that uh, anytime I have a chance to to pick someone's brain about their brain about about their mindset uh, piece, uh, it's always something that I, I enjoy doing because if if nothing else, I know it gives me something that I can try to focus on for my next races and 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 training runs and all that kind of stuff to help me with with my weak link and hopefully maybe help a couple other folks as well. So thanks for for sharing that. So uh, shifting gears a, a little bit here, Scott, as we get uh, kind of towards the the last uh, I don't know ten or fifteen minutes, something like that. Um, Forever Home Racing, something we talked about a little bit at the, in the beginning, uh, you know, something that, that you and, and your wife have, have started up uh, in the last couple of years and, and uh, starting to get going. Um, tell us a bit more about, about what you've got going on there. So it's, it's uh, well, I'll just, I'll just let you tell it because you, you know it a lot better than I do. So I'm not going to uh, muddy the waters there. Uh, what is Forever Home Running and, and uh, why did you get it started and, and all that good stuff? So Forever Home Running is um, a company that produces uh, virtual races, um, mostly running events from 5K to full marathon. Um, but this year, I'm actually starting to branch out into um, other types of events. Um, I, but I, uh, in the last five, ten years, maybe, um, the virtual running uh, world has, has really exploded. The other part of it is my wife and I do a lot of animal rescue work, and we got to where um, – we had more animals than we intended, mm. and so we decided had to find a better way uh, to um, help uh, without uh, becoming another foster fail and adding to our our brood of animals. <laughs> so I kind of just when I was like, you know what, I, let's do something to raise money to help. I, non, I, I focus on donating to nonprofit animal rescue groups because they're the ones that benefit so much from even the smallest donation. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, being the non-athletic athlete, uh, you know, not the elite person, it's one of those things that if I can help encourage people to participate in these running sports, regardless of their perceived ability, um, I think we're we're helping to contribute to increasing their physical fitness, um, self-efficacy, and that sort of thing by just providing this this access. And, you know, they don't have to go to a big event with thousands of other people. They can do this on their own and still enjoy the same benefits. Gotcha. So um, I, 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 I love the idea and, and what you're able to do. And, and like you said, it, it doesn't require going to a big, a big event or things like that. But you also mentioned in there um, – that, uh, you know, as, as virtual races have kind of gained in popularity, uh, there's still a lot of misunderstanding about what, uh, what I don't know, just about the virtual racing in general. And I'll, I'll admit, I, I don't, definitely don't fully understand and fully comprehend, A, what goes into, what, what's involved with putting on a virtual race, and B, you know, just kind of, it's still just kind of something that I've, I've heard about, but I don't know too much about. So um, for, for those that are, are kind of in a similar situation sure. as I am... So virtual racing has actually been around since uh, about the 1950s when um, like uh, high school track events 
toward virtually, and the results of a local event were uh, submitted to the, the parent organization uh, nationally. And so people in at a high school in Georgia are competing against people in high school in Texas, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it actually started a long time ago. And essentially what a virtual race is, is an, an individual uh, race that, that um, much like a marathon that you would uh, register for, where you go online, uh, you register for your event, um, and then usually like the day before or the day of the event, you pick up your race packet, and then you you run with thousands of other people, and at the end of the race, you get your medal. It's the same thing, except for having to go somewhere. Uh, you run where you want, when you want, and how you want. And, and from our perspective, um, yes, people can cheat, uh, but people at, at a live event as well. We, we hear mm-hmm. stories about that all the time. But, you know, the flexibility that, that it offers, you know, if you, if you uh, especially for somebody who's busy or have children or work uh, long hours or are far removed, geographically from uh, any uh, nearby event you get to run wherever you want whether it's indoors on a treadmill or outside throughout your neighborhood Um, you track your miles and when you're done you log back into our website and record your time and just like if you're running the boston marathon you get to go online and see your name and your distance and your time with everybody else's and you know that lives on forever so to speak so it we we send you your race packet that includes a, a bib, um, a finisher's medal, and we we have shirts and other merchandise that people can add to their their mix. But it's low cost, much less expensive than registering for um, a, a comparable on-site race. And five dollars from every registration goes to help uh, two nonprofit animal rescue groups each year. Gotcha. And, and are those uh, the animal rescue gotcha. groups? Are they are they local to you? Are they are they around the the, the country? Where, like, are, not not that it, it necessarily matters. I mean, doing good is doing good. But just you know, people are, are curious where 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 that money goes. Is it is it Austin area or, or where where are those uh, organizations? So 2018 was our first year, and those the two organizations that we have. Um, I guess I should say that's this year still for the next couple of days. <laughs> um, they were here locally. Um, one was in San Antonio, Texas, and the other was in Round Rock, Texas, just outside of Austin, where I am. And um, for 2019, we've lined up two new uh, organizations we cycle through every year. And one is located in Rhode Island, and the other is in Tennessee. So it is distributed. uh, um, But uh, to your point, um, the location, isn't as important as the fact that we're helping animals uh, by by doing what we love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that's fantastic. And uh, um, un- unbeknownst to you, Scott, as as I'm you know kind of putting this out there now for everybody else, the, the wheels are turning, and I, I could see maybe uh, maybe we can try to do something together here. We can, we can continue that conversation off off the air. But I've got a couple of ideas floating around that maybe this maybe we could we could uh, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But stay tuned, everybody listening. That uh, might uh, might try to do a little something something down the road about uh, not not too far down the road, uh, but to try to help make this uh, you know make, 
do our part to help support the cause. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, a dog lover for sure. As, as everybody who listens to the show knows, my, my best running partner is, uh, is my dog. So, uh, who we also, you know, we adopted her. So, um, so yeah, I could, I could see us putting That's something all. together here. So, so stay tuned. Um, Scott, as, as we're uh, kind of hey, getting to the, to, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, it's interesting that you say that because, uh, you know, I didn't set, set out to do this, but I, I learned after I started this company that um, there actually was an interest for that. And I ended up uh, hosting races for other groups. And while they have their charity that they donated proceeds to, um, part of the fee that I received for doing it, I, I donated that to uh, these rescue groups as well. So um, I that actually became a, a, a side gig that I have as well with this company. Awesome, awesome. Well, I you know anytime people are are doing doing good in this world, I you know there's a, we we hear about enough uh, not always good things in the world, but it's nice to to know that there's people out there doing good, and if we can support the cause, uh, that's that's even even better, and and you know taking an active participation in it as as well. So uh, certainly you know continue to do what you're doing, and, and like I said, we'll 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 talk more offline, uh, and and maybe line something up and get get some other people involved as well. I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing how that goes. But uh, as as we're getting to that point of of wrapping up here uh, today, Scott. Um, the way I like to, to finish the episodes is kind of like the way we started with, with a fairly open-ended question, fairly simple uh, question, and you can just kind of take it and run with it whichever, you know, whichever way you want to go with it. Um, and I'd just be, be curious to know, uh, at this point in your, your you know, running career, your, your triathlon career, um, what, why do you keep doing it? What, what, what is, is the motivation to keep, you know, keep getting in the pool, to keep getting out there and getting, getting some miles in, to keep getting on, on the bike? Um, what, what, is, what is your motivation to continue down this, this path of endurance athletics that uh, you've gotten yourself on over the last uh, handful of years? Excellent question. I actually have a few motivations. Um, number one, you know, I'm I'm pushing 47 now, and I don't want to be that old decrepit person um, down the road that can't get up and and move. So being physically active, um, while it may not change my life much right now, it'll certainly have a huge impact. Uh, down the road, should I live to be 80 or even 90 years old, mm-hmm. and be still be uh, physically able to to do the basic necessities of life? Um, the the second part is, you know, um, I'm always thinking about the next big challenge, and um, I think you and I have talked about once in the past. Um, I've got a Guinness World Record that I'm uh, approved through Guinness to do, but I haven't. Um, gotten to the point where I can execute on that, and that is to to run the most consecutive days doing a half marathon a day on a treadmill. Um, the current record is 52, uh, so you think about 13.1 miles on a treadmill every day for 52 days. I want to break that record and do 70, uh, which would be a total of 917 miles in 70 days. Um, mm. Again, that's just kind of one of those badass to say I've got a Guinness World Record, <laughs> uh, and then then finally, um, I'll never podium uh, any race until I'm in an old enough age group where there's nobody else but me and maybe two other people. So one day I'm going to have a podium finish. 
<laughs> I, I love it. That's that's kind of my uh, my my logic for getting into Boston too. Is I just need to to maintain uh, my speed, maybe get a little bit faster, and then just you know keep getting keep getting older, and eventually uh, the, those those lines will intersect. But I I, I love that idea. Um, and I've got I've got a neighbor who's eighty six, eighty seven, and uh, he's still running. He says you know as long as I finish, I'm pre- there's a pretty good chance of being on the podium. So yeah, you keep you keep going, and and you'll get to that point at some point along the way. <laughs> So uh, anyway, guys, exactly. that's that's where we'll that's where we'll wrap things up for today. Uh, once again, foreverhomerunning.com is the is the website. That's f u r e v e r for foreverhomerunning.com. Uh, Facebook and Instagram at foreverhomerunning. And if you use the code DizRuns between now and the end of February, which uh, you got about six weeks as this episode gets out, really maybe seven weeks, something like that. Got you got a minute. Um, but if you use the code DizRuns at checkout, you'll save 15% on any race or any merchandise that's available. So check that out. And uh, DizRuns.com slash 675 is the link to uh, to the show notes. We'll have everything linked up there. Um, and stay tuned uh, for a little uh, potential collaboration down the road. I got a feeling we'll make it happen. Uh, we'd love to have uh, have some 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 of y'all join me in a my, maybe my first virtual run. But you know, exclusive. We're we're gonna make this happen. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, oh. for now, Scott, thanks thanks for uh, taking the time today. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks for uh, sharing a bit more about what you've got going on and, and what you're doing. And, and like I said, making putting some good out in the world. Uh, we we always need more of that. So uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And uh, obviously. Uh, looking forward to staying in touch but uh, thanks for the time today and, and all the best going forward thank you Benny. thank you very much and, and i also would be remiss if i didn't say thank you uh, as a coach you've been quite the inspiration and helped keep me on on the path to success so i really appreciate it all right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show hope that you enjoyed the conversation between scott and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was something from today's conversation that uh, really, you know, just just kind of stuck in your mind a little bit? For me, I, I think the the big thing there were, as per usual, there were a few, but I think the the big thing that uh, really I kind of kept coming back to was Scott's kind of use of the adjective of stubborn and and being a finisher, being somebody who maybe isn't the fastest. Maybe doesn't do it, uh, doesn't get as many style points. But once he gets started on something, he just doesn't give up. Doesn't give up. He's stubborn. He, he sees it through until the end. And, and I think the reason that that stood out to me is that stubborn so often is seen as a, as a negative trait, as something that's not good. Uh, you know, very rarely do you define somebody as, as stubborn or characterize somebody as stubborn and, and have that, you know, and mean that characteristic or, or that adjective as a, as a good thing, as a positive trait. But in this, in this instance, it certainly is. It certainly is, you know, not, not quitting, not giving up, um, continuing to push through in endurance sports. That's, that's kind of the name of the game. That said, like most positive attributes, if you take it too far, that's where it can get you in trouble. Even for us as runners, even for us as triathletes, although that, I guess not me, even for y'all that are triathletes, um, any type of endurance athlete, endurance endeavor, th- there, there is a point where stubbornness, where not quitting is definitely beneficial. Um, you have to push through. There's going to be times that things are tough, that you don't want to get out of bed and get your, your training runs in, that you don't want to you know go to bed early so that you can get enough sleep, where you don't want to do the strength training, where you don't want to do another long run through the same boring parts of town that you have been running in 
every single weekend for, gosh, the last two or three years. It's just so, so tedious and monotonous. You have to be stubborn. You have to keep going. That said, the, the, the flip side of that equation, the, the negative side of that trait is what happens when you get too stubborn and not listening, maybe not listening to your body, not taking a break, not recognizing the symptoms of something that, that could be more serious, and you, yet you just continue to push through, make the situation worse. So it's, it's a double-edged sword, that stubbornness. Um, but I think that so often the, the, the gut reaction, my gut reaction, maybe yours as well, is that stubbornness is a bad trait. And it's not, not always the case. Not always is the case, as, as Scott talked about, shared about, uh, and has experienced and lived in, in his uh, training and, and racing life so far. And I'm sure that he will continue to uh, portray that, that stubbornness as a positive going forward. And, and I would encourage you to, to kind of get that. I'm encouraging myself through encouraging you to kind of get a, a, a good framework on when is it the right time to be stubborn and when is it better to back off a little bit to maybe prevent something small from getting getting worse, which is a subject we've talked about many times. So that's that's my takeaway. A little bit long, took a little bit more of uh, of explanation. Maybe got got on my soapbox a little bit there as well. But uh, that's that's what it was for me from this episode. That's what stood out. What about you? What about you? Would love to know what stood out to you from this episode. Let me know on Twitter, on Instagram at Dizruns. You can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode or any episode, but this one in particular, Dizruns.com slash 675. Leave your thoughts, takeaways, feedbacks right there in the comments on the page. Also connect with Scott right there. Um, Links, all that good stuff. And stay tuned for a a potential possible Dizruns virtual race uh, coming to you maybe this summer. Uh, but speaking of that, if you are interested, if you uh, think that would be something that would be uh, enjoyable or fun, uh, let me know because I, I don't want to go through that, the, the, the process. I don't want to put Scott through the process of getting something set up if there's going to be four of us that do it. Um, I think, I hope that there would be a bunch of us that were doing it. Kind of thinking of maybe a Midsummer Night's Diz as a, as a theme. See where I'm going here. But uh, let me know if you would be interested in doing something like that and if... Uh, if there's a you know a, a decent number of folks, we'll get the we'll get the balls in motion and get some uh, more official announcements coming soon. But uh, anyway, that's enough for me today. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making it through with uh, the audio being what it was. Uh, I know it wasn't perfect, but you know sometimes that's life, right? And uh, it can't always be perfect. Sometimes, sometimes good has to be good enough, and and that's not uh, it's not a slight on anybody. That's that's how it is for all of us. So thanks for for making it through. Uh, thanks again for the interest in uh, the coaching. If if you are interested, check it out disruns.com slash coaching. Any thoughts, questions, or concerns on that front, just let me know. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, pull this ship officially and safely into the harbor. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for all you do to support what we've got going on here on uh, this end. And uh, if there's anything I can do to support you and what you have going on on your end, I'm always happy to do that. So let me know. Keep me in the loop. And if there's something we can do to help out, happy to do it. So until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon. See you guys.